welcome. I'm Ken Taylor. And I'm John Perry. Coming up right after the news, it's philosophy talk. What's the topic this week, Ken? The philosophy of Friedrich Nietzsche, especially his views about the origins of morality, John. Ah, that explains the music. Nietzsche on morality. Didn't Nietzsche think that morality was something of a confidence game? where kind of naturally weak people like you entrap natural aristocrats like myself into being nice to them, otherwise we'll feel guilty? Something like that, John. He did think it was important that the strong not be uh, taken in by the morality of the weak. That's true. Now, you don't really believe that stuff about morality being only for the weak, do you, Ken? I don't know, but what if I said I did, John? Well, I'd be very careful when I was around you. Oh, John... Stay with us as we examine Nietzsche's provocative views about the source of morality. First, the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the wonderful studios of KALW Information Radio in San Francisco. But we like to imagine ourselves sitting on the grass or at Philosopher's Corner, a shady oasis on the campus of Stanford University. There's plenty of room, so sit right down and join us. Today, uh, we'll be examining some of the views of the 19th century German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche, especially his views about the origin of morality. Well, Friedrich Nietzsche was born just about 100 years before I was born. He was born in 1844, and uh, he was... uh, young enough to be influenced by Darwin, and uh, by the time he uh, died, or actually he stopped writing long before he died because he had a mental illness, he had produced works that have been extraordinarily influential, excuse me, on the the 20th century. Supposedly uh, he uh, influenced the Nazis. Well, that's often said, uh, but that's probably a a misreading of Nietzsche. At least that's what I've been told. Yeah, me too. So why don't we get to uh, the the correct reading of Nietzsche. Let's think about uh, Nietzsche's views about the nature of morality a little bit. Uh, Well, why why not... You're you're more of a scholar than I am. What what are the kind of views about the origins of morality that philosophers have held? Where do we fit Nietzsche into this group? Well, there's the one I learned at my uh, mother's knee and in Sunday school that God dictates the laws of morality, sort of the divine commandment theory of morality. Your mother had talking knees, Ken? That's, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that's, she talked uh, a lot. That's but... pretty impressive. Uh, the divine command, I don't think that was Nietzsche. Nietzsche's famous for saying God is dead, and now I suppose... God could have first issued his divine commands and then died, but that that doesn't sound like the Nietzsche I read. No, that's not the Nietzsche you read. There's also the, uh, well, there's sort of the divine command made eminent. Uh, That's kind of Kant's view. Uh, Made eminent? Like famous or something? No, no. Not instead of transcendent. I Uh, see. the commandments of morality are the commandments of reason. They, they come from our own rationality. This is your man Kant. Yeah, that's my man Kant. And, and I bet he ends up finding the Ten Commandments right there in reason, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's not, that's not a Nietzschean view either, obviously. Uh, well, how about, how about uh, what's the next view? Yeah, there's your man Hume. Who's Whom? A kind of Whom? Hume, you oh. know. Uh, David Hume, that British philosopher who's kind of a naturalist about morality. Okay, David, somehow rooted in human nature. David Hume, 18th century philosopher. We have this natural sympathy uh, that's just part of nature and, and morality build on that yeah that i mean nietzsche was a darwinian uh and he was definitely not a supernaturalist so maybe he was a naturalist yeah, it could be uh, i learned in graduate school i have to say that uh, nietzsche was actually a moral skeptic that he didn't really believe there were moral facts i remember taking this course 
at the University of Chicago, but that that, that might not that might be, not be right. But in a little bit, Brian Leiter will join us, and he, he'll he'll straighten us all out. Before we get the expert opinion on Nietzsche, we're going to learn a little about the New Jersey opinion on Nietzsche. <laughs> yeah. I think part of it is expert, and part of it is not so expert. Our roving philosophical reporter didn't have to go to, to New Jersey. She just got on the phone and called Princeton and turned on her TV and tuned in to an episode of The Sopranos. What did you just say? Death just shows the ultimate absurdity of life. What is this? Are you trying to get me to lose my temper because I'm about to put you through that goddamn window? See? That's what I mean. Life is absurd. Don't say that! God forgive you! There is no God. Hey! In the second season of The Sopranos, A.J. Soprano, an awkward, sullen teenager, discovers existential philosophy, and he tells his parents that he won't be getting confirmed in the Catholic Church, or any church, anytime soon. What's going on with you? Nothing. You know that no-God That upset your mother very much. It's not no-God. It's just God is dead. Who said that? Nietzsche. He's a 19th century philosopher from Germany. Anyway. That's why I'm not getting confirmed. Enough with that shit, all right? Your confirmation's coming up this week, and then you are getting confirmed. There is a sense in which Nietzsche voices a complaint that you are more likely to hear from adolescents than from mature grown-ups. Alexander Nehamas is a professor of the humanities at Princeton University. He once called Nietzsche, or Nietzsche, as A.J. Soprano calls him, a philosopher of adolescence. The traditional adolescent complaint that, you know, I am not like you. Let me be who I am. And to some extent, I think Nietzsche is voicing that kind of complaint about contemporary culture and contemporary civilization. He believes that morality, in particular Christian morality, of which he is a great enemy, is designed precisely to make everyone act the same way as everyone else. He believes that a few people, at least, not only do not need these rules, the rules of Christian morality, but that living by those rules deprives them of their most valuable aspect, of their individuality, of their creativity, if you want. The Nietzschean hero, or Superman, is constantly recreating himself, questioning everything, being an artist of life. Back to The Sopranos. You're up next. Nah, I just want to watch. Sometimes you got to do things you don't want to. Why? Because your parents say so, and it's part of your tradition. That's not what Nietzsche says. Oh, Nietzsche. You might not describe A.J. Soprano as an artist of life, but he's got a touch of the Superman to him. He's breaking the rules, refusing convention. Still, he's got an attitude problem. Nietzsche did believe that life is ultimately absurd, but for him, that was cause for celebration, for art, creativity. Not sullen teenagerly angst. Again, Alexander Nehamas. No rule by which we live, none, and he is very clear about that. No moral rule, no religious rule, no social rule, no legal rule is unbreakable. Who you are is not necessarily what you have been made to be by your society, your family, your parents, your religion, your schooling, your social class. It can always be something else. For Philosophy Talk, this is Amy Standen. You can listen to the rest of this program by purchasing it at iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.